Hey guys, welcome back. It's me, Matt Tinney, and I want to let you guys all know that Neil's found all of our podcast stuff. Amazingly enough, he did have it hidden, and it was not stolen from his car. So send him an email making fun of him for thinking it was stolen. Luckily today, we have Jen Earhart on, who is now the program coordinator for the CIT Knowledge Network, which is our new program, part of Project Echo. Jen is going to probably be laughing. She's laughing right now in front of me and nervous to do this podcast. Say hi, Jen. Hey, guys. It's Jen. <laughs> Matt's, Matt's so hard. Why He's so hard you, to work with. Why are you so nervous about this podcast? Um, so this is my first time speaking into a mm-hmm. microphone like this and being recorded. So it's, it's nerve-wracking. It, I'm very nervous. Mm-hmm. Um, Just so you know, you do not sound like a honky. That's what, That was my big fear that I told Matt about. Yep. I'm from the South, and I when I hear myself, I sound like a big old honky. Well, you don't sound like a honky. Well, that's good. So, one big thing that we're trying to do is start pushing this CIT Knowledge Network, which is part of Project Echo. And I think you have a nice opinion of it because you haven't been part of it. So, you're not from law enforcement background, right? That's correct. I'm not. What is your background? So, my background is um, I have a master's in anthropology, which is a social science. It's the study of ants? It's the study of ants, or um, some people think dinosaurs. I think that's what yeah, you I thought, thought it was when we met. That's um, just because I like dinosaurs? Well, I do too, but that's not what anthropology is. Um, but I come from a research background in public health, and I just moved to New Mexico um, from Chicago, and I have no background experience with law enforcement. But I was very excited um, when I heard about the project. I thought it was just a really innovative, cool idea, and I wanted to be a part of it. And I really liked the team, and I felt like the work was meaningful and could actually have impact. Um, And I just wanted to be a part of it. And that's how I started. I've been here about a month. I guess it's only been a month. Previously, were you at the University of Chicago? So, yeah, I was working at the University of Illinois at Chicago. Okay. Um, And I was there uh, not very long, but I worked in the Department of Medicine there for a while. So some of the things that I I remember you talking about, which we were not familiar with, but you were already aware of Project Echo. And you said it's very well known. Oh, yeah. So What fields is Project Echo well known, or what did you know of Project Echo? um, So... I kind of have heard about Project Echo because um, they have a site at the University of Chicago, which is not where I was, but I had heard about it. But it is, I guess, popular. It's well known, the model, the idea of it, this idea of um, telehealth, um, I guess, is kind of popular in right now. So there's a lot of articles about it, a lot of published um, stuff in journals that I've been doing um, research in for the study that I was on. So I would been doing some research and I had come across Echo and um, you just see that it's spread across the entire country right. and then internationally and um, it's got a great reputation. It's a great model. Um, they have um, a great team there and what's great about them is they share their resources so openly and they're all about replication. Um, so I think that's why you, or maybe why I'd heard more about it, um, because it's just spread so quickly. Right. What do you mean by, what does replication mean? I think it's such an odd sound. What do they say? It's echo replication. Yeah, that's, that's how they sell it. Um, so it's this idea that maybe you start a hub or, you know, you start this group of people that are, um, interested in, um, like for us, um, 
crisis intervention stuff. And so maybe we get started and we do it for a few years, think this is really great, and then maybe someone joins our network from somewhere else, and they're like, hey, this is great, but we really want to do this here in New York or in California or in Washington. So we're going to implement our own version of it here. And the idea is that you just take that, that one initial hub that you start with, and it just spreads, and it just continues to spread. And the idea is spreading that knowledge that you know, continuing to spread the greater access to knowledge. Right. I know a big thing for Project Echo is to try to reach out to the rural areas, so the the, yes. the harder to serve areas. And so Niels and I, so Project Echo started in New Mexico, in Albuquerque, New Mexico, where, where we are. And Niels and I went to the main Project Echo to give a talk about CIT policing. And that's kind of what started this whole project. And typically Project Echo that is more medicine-based. Yes. It's typically that's what I mean, it started in the field of medicine. Um, Dr. Aurora is a gastroenterologist at the University of New Mexico, and he started it. And traditionally, most of the echo work you see is in medicine. Right. Um, And we're one of the first that's really kind of breached out of that. Right. And so we had gone there, and I think we were doing it for emergency rooms or something like that. And we thought this would be a great thing to do to get access to doctors and experts in this field to do outreach to public safety because that's what's kind of lacking right now in the CAT model of policing. And so we had applied for a grant through the BJA, the Bureau of Justice Assistance. It's the same grant if any listeners out there looking at starting CIT programs, they help with getting money to start your own program. We were actually able to get a grant for, for this program. Um, even without the grant, we were still going to do it. And so there's still availability to do it without funding if you guys can have dedicated personnel. But with the grant, we were able to get Jen, which has already helped us out tremendously. Thanks, man. And so we're going to start doing much more outreach. And I'm going to embarrass her more because we were trying to do podcasts to let people know about this. Mm-hmm. And so I always have a hard time sometimes explaining this project because it is medicine-based and it's so foreign to public safety, this idea. So everyone thinks it's like, oh, it's a little webinar you guys are doing. So people just log on and do a webinar. And that's not it. And... And sometimes I think I get stuck in my own culture on figuring out how to do it. So how would you describe it? What What is this project? What are we doing? How would I describe your, the CIT Knowledge Network yeah. from an outsider perspective? Yes. Okay. So I guess it's kind of like these weekly, what we call clinics, um, but, you know, not like uh, the same type of clinic in the medicine world. Right. But um, there are weekly meetings. They're about an hour, an hour and a half um, long. And they're structured around dialogue, conversation. Um, They're not really webinars, um, or that's not the focus. That's not the point of it. Um, The point is to get law enforcement, public safety in a room and talk about real issues, talk about things that they're seeing in the field, and how they can improve their interactions with people with mental illness, maybe, you know, based off real um, cases. So the first little bit, you know, it's kind of open floor um, of the meeting where we talk about, you know, what are people seeing out in the field or is there anything anyone wants to really discuss or, you know, how are you guys doing out in the field, you know, right now with everything that's going on and um, all the attention, maybe negative attention that you're getting. Um, And then it moves into, uh, hopefully, a case presentation. Um, So the idea that one of the officers maybe comes prepared or, you know, over the course of the beginning of the conversation thinks, oh, yeah, actually, 
Um, there was something that happened to me in the field. I've been dealing with this one person. I really want to talk to the group about it, um, share, get feedback, opinions. Um, and then also, which is to me the most interest or one of the more interesting is this exchange of resources, mm-hmm. um, that I've seen on. So I've been to maybe four or five echoes now, just, you know, kind of, uh, or clinics, um, observing, and I guess the exchange of resources and information that you would think, oh, you know, everyone should know this. And, you know, right. it's not maybe, I don't know, you think there'd be some like, yeah, my perception of law enforcement, there's some handbook that you're given, like, here's all the places you can take someone, here's right. what you need. And it doesn't seem like that, that exists. does exist, right. uh, you know, for you guys. So that was kind of interesting to see how you guys work out, like, something that seems so basic for what you would need to do your job like okay what do where can we send this person i was just like kind of fascinated by that uh i think it to me it seems like it's really helpful to your group and then you know occasionally there's that follow-up well you you know maybe the previous week say oh yeah so how did that end up you know like what did you need you're you know maybe sharing papers or other things right um and then that uh follows with the didactic which is basically not really a webinar, but, you know, a brief, it's very brief, 15 minutes from usually a psychiatrist or an outside presenter um, talking about um, either CIT policing or resources or psychiatric disorders. Um, so it really varies um, by the person presenting. And then it closes. Is that, <laughs> is that good? No, I think that, that's a good explanation. Is that what you were looking for? Yeah. So, I mean, that that's a good summary of it. So, and and we do do didactics, and some of the listeners here, when we lost um, the equipment because we thought it was stolen, I have just been putting the didactic p- section mm-hmm. up so that everyone can kind of listen and continue their knowledge about this stuff. One of the things I think is unique, like you're saying about the case presentations, is access to this wealth of knowledge when it comes to resources. And we here locally in New Mexico, we don't have a, a major guide. They're trying to revamp our resource system here in the medicine and give access to law enforcement. We could like look on the computer and if there is any listeners out there that have resource books that they want to share or PDFs, you know, you guys can send it in to me. It's info at gocit.org. I can put it up on the website. We can share it or any links like that. The more knowledge for people, the best. So Jen came in, she started looking at our clinics. Do you have any other previous experience in law enforcement, family in law enforcement or public safety or did you grow up in a police station, so to say? <laughs> That's a good question. No. <laughs> so I am like a blank slate, uh, new baby to law enforcement. Um, no family in law enforcement. Um, Sorry, did you say law enforcement? Law enforcement. Law enforcement. Law enforcement. Where's that honky accent? No. Um, what was I going to say? Uh but yeah, also um, I had very limited limited interaction with law enforcement too. Like I've Just personally, and stuff. yeah, you know, never <laughs> had a personal interaction. Um, so really, I think my ideas have been shaped by like I guess the media. Because that's um, what I ask. I know I yeah. always bug you about your perception of things. Just because. I'm so in the culture. I mean, this is what I do. So this is normal to me, but I know it's not the normal world. (laughs) So I know taking a job and then all of a sudden, so you're, you're pretty much stationed here at our Mm -hmm. family advocacy center. So she is stationed here, just submerged in law enforcement. This is a law enforcement building. So there's just detectives all around her. Um, What, what were some, is there any misconceptions you can say, Oh, I totally thought this, or I was worried about this or 
anything? Well, I think I had a ton, right, of maybe misconceptions and worries. I think I, you know, I've told Matt, um, I was worried how people would, you know, take me as an outsider, um, just wanting to, you know, make sure that people took me well and know that I'm here for the right reason or, you know, I didn't want to come off in the wrong way. It can be kind of, I don't know, a closed culture in a way and, like, it's hard coming as an outsider and when you're based you know at a police center with all police and there is a strong culture of acronyms and hierarchy and just i think about the acronyms That's yeah a, a lot point. of i still don't know what's going on a lot of the time like when people <laughs> are talking but um and speaking to misconceptions well yeah if my you know idea of law enforcement especially you know with all this current attention is being shaped by the media. I definitely um, was surprised by, um, I guess, the attitudes of the officers that I met. I thought I was going to be encountering a lot of negativity or hostility, maybe. Um, what do you mean? Like towards you or just in general? Well, toward, I, you know, before I joined the project, I have to like preface and say that I didn't realize that, you know, who I'd be working with exactly that you know, you guys, Matt and Niels were already in the department and had this CIT thing going. I didn't realize I'd be with the crisis intervention unit. I thought we were kind of as a unit going to be outsiders trying to, here's this that you guys need to do. You need to do better. Like finger waving, like, ah, you know, like people. And it's not like that. You guys are already like a part of, you know, this, this department, this unit, whatever you want to call it. Um, So I just, I wasn't sure what I was walking into. And also, you know, you just have this idea of, I guess, cops being one way. But, you know, I've had a lot of people ask me how my experience has been. I would say I'm actually really surprised by how positive the pe- all the people that I've met, you know, on the network are really interested in these topics and in right. mental health and, like, how to do better and really want to change things. And it's just so cool to be a part of it, especially, I think, as an outsider, like, I feel like I'm getting to be in this, like, special little place, you know, and see, you know, <laughs> no, like... I see what you're saying, yeah. No, It's I mean, cool. Like, I, I just, like, really feel strongly about the program, the idea of it, especially using this ECHO model that we talked about, this idea of logging in weekly, because it's just, this knowledge is, it's continuous, it keeps going, it's always evolving, and having a, a safe place to talk about things honestly... Um, with other people and share ideas and resources. I think that's good for any field. So Right. And it just seems like it's coming at such a good time um, for law no, enforcement. I, agree. I think one of the things you said about kind of the media and the perception of law enforcement right now, it's a big national change right now in law yeah. enforcement, I think. And so this does give officers or anyone in public safety access to truthfully talk about a case, even if they messed up. Like, hey, I was mm-hmm. out with someone. I think they had a mental illness. We, you know, tase them four times. I don't think that was right. And we break down those cases and we look at where were different intervention techniques that we could have tried or how could you have slowed down that situation, which in the long run, I think will help with lawsuits and it helps with lack yeah. of use of force and it saves officers and it saves the people they're out with. One of the things, though, that uh, I I always get shocked with is when we when I meet people and I'm giving them a talk about something or we're discussing projects and they're always like wow it's just so weird to hear a cop talk like that <laughs> yeah. and I'm like what What do you mean like I don't know I guess I didn't know you guys were always wanting to try to change something yeah, yeah we became a cop to help right. the community 
You know, and it's it's always odd to me when I hear that, but I'm like, I guess, yeah, people think a whole different idea right now of what law enforcement is or the mindset. But, you you know, we do, there's a lot of people out there in law enforcement that believe in this style of policing or see the, the value of it, and it is a nice place to go to promote it. It's mm-hmm. very, it is unique. What about any other odd, oddities about the culture of law enforcement you see? Not necessarily this project, but... How honest do you want me to be? I want you to be honest. <laughs> um, the profanity. The profanity. The profanity. Can I say that? Can I talk about that? Yeah. Um, I we was surprised by the amount of cussing. Um, like it's a lot it's or a like, little? Well, every other to word? me it's a lot. Having, again, come from like working mostly at universities and in the research world, it's not one of those... Um, occupational cultures where it's like heavy on the profanity there are lots of jobs that are like that and i think this is one of them (laughs) and so just getting used to that is a little i don't know matt's giving me a hard time because i correct myself when i cuss too if i if i excuse me i said the s word yeah i apologize for saying the s word earlier i I I got in trouble yeah I was like, you can go ahead and say that. You can shit all over the place, all you want to. I just, it feels wrong. <laughs> yeah. It still feels wrong. <laughs> I think it's it's odd because you can see people that are non-law enforcement that have been in it for a while, they adapt that attitude. Yeah. So, like, someone mentioned Nils the other day, and they're like, yeah, you know, Doc, I was so surprised. He was just cussing all me. And I'm like, oh, I guess he does cuss now. That's completely different. You almost adapt to your culture in a way. Yeah. And so that is odd. What are other oddities about law enforcement um, besides the constant acronym use? Acronym use, profanity. I think I was starting to hit on it, but I don't know if I finished my thought. But, you know, going back to my idea when I first joined being worried about how people would take me, I have been so surprised by how well, you know, I've been taken in by your team, by the unit. Um, Everyone is, I don't, can I say friendly? I don't know how to describe it, but, you know, there is this camaraderie amongst maybe all police officers. I don't know, Matt. You can probably speak to this more, but, like, it's almost like you're not just coworkers. There's something else there. Um, The support that you seem to give each other is really nice. Um, It's kind of refreshing. Like, you know, I I don't always feel... I feel like you guys are coworkers, but just in the month that I've been here, like, it's just something is different. I don't know how to put my finger on it yet. Like, I can't point to it yet, but there is this just, like camaraderie is all I can really call it right now of just like, you know, and you guys are out there in the field and you want each other to be safe and, you know, it's like, maybe it's Looking a little bit it. of we that. We call it the thin blue line. We're a family. Um, yeah, so yeah. I think it, it's, thin blue line. it's so nice to be a part of that because it doesn't feel just like work. It feels, right. on top of getting to be involved in such a cool project um, when I never thought I would be, you know, a part of something like this, I also get like this little strange dysfunctional family right. <laughs> that you get I to like come the dysfunctional part. Dis- a nice little dysfunctional family. And it makes for an interesting work environment for yeah. sure. Um, cause you guys get, you guys get shit done. Can I say that? Yeah. You guys have a lot ways. on your plate. <laughs> like there's a lot of reports and just memos and, you know, I've sat in on all these meetings and you guys do a lot and work a lot. And so you're here together and you're around each other a lot. And it's just, it's different. I think one of the things, and, and I remember when Doc had talked to me about this before, but um, it is like this odd family. The only thing I can say is in law enforcement, the people you work with might protect you one day. It's just yeah. odd to think that way. Like you might be in a situation where that person might have to take someone's life for you or you might have to take someone's life to protect them 
you never know. And so I think you develop these different style of relationships or respect for each other yeah. because of that. Or you view people differently, like a brotherhood or sisterhood, yeah. you know, like you feel like you have to be closer to people because of the, the negative things that you see. Yeah. And so it does translate over to people. And I think some people get addicted to that too. They don't feel like they can work in a different environment. Like I'm going to work, but I don't feel like I have a goal or a mission in life. And mm-hmm. I feel like I'm doing something good and these people have my back and I can trust them. And so I think people kind of, they have trouble getting out of law enforcement. You know, like when they retire, you don't have that support system or this thought of support system. And so that, that can be hard, but it does. I mean, we hear that a lot, a lot of people when they come that aren't law enforcement that, uh, do the civilian side of stuff. They talk about that. Mm-hmm. You guys are like a close knit family. It's so cool to have that. And you guys are always there for each other. We give each other a hard time. Oh, but yeah. No, we don't at all. There's a lot of practical jokes around this office. That might just be this office. I think that's just the like. Yeah, uh-huh. that might be special to you guys. Yeah, we're kind <laughs> of uh, we're kind of jokesters or dicks. I don't know how to say. Yeah. It. We can prank each other a lot, and we give each other a hard time. Yeah. I'm trying to think here. Um, what other things have you seen? Is there any kind of stuff that you were surprised about? Surprised by? Um, no, not really. You would say you were surprised about our meetings. Oh, well, yeah. Okay, so that is one thing. Is I think any outsider, <laughs> civilian, whatever you want to call us, would be like, oh, my goodness. And I think this might be special to you guys, your um, unit, again. Right. A lot of people say this about our meetings. But how would you describe our meetings? So, I guess, let I me... say s- organized chaos, but go ahead. You know, okay, so I will agree with that. But I will say that the first meeting I went into... The first staff meeting. These are staff meetings specifically we're talking about, right? Sure. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> there were paper airplanes being thrown. Um, this sounds like a cartoon, but go ahead. No, there were, I legitimately a paper airplane was thrown multiple times in the middle of the meeting. And it wasn't even like people really, you know, not everyone noticed. That's how chaotic it was on the other end. <laughs> like people were like, no one said anything about it. It was just like, that's a normal thing. No worries. Yeah. Um, and I guess what's odd really is just all the side conversations and they're not side conversations though. Not, so I would call them, I would call it a side conversation if I was in a traditional meeting format, but for you guys, I feel like there, I don't know. It's like there's meetings within meetings happening and it's like, there is no official person leading this meeting. There's no like, there, there might be an agenda. There, there is the sergeant in the room and the lieutenant, but like, things are getting done and accomplished, but everybody's just talking at once. Like, but it's kind of like cool because it's like this egalitarian, like equal it's a fancy word. You just use there. Uh, Look at that. It's like a, you know, we're all in equal society. Right. Like, you know, it's not like I need to ask someone to speak or like, I'm scared. I would never be scared in any of these meetings to share my opinion. I, I have not always felt that way at really? work. Like, you know, if you're going to say something, make sure that you know what you're talking about or, you know what I mean? But what's cool about your means is because that necessarily isn't there. Like, I feel like you guys can be a little bit more creative. I, I said in another meeting, the one following your staffing meeting when I first started and it felt that way. It was kind of like you guys were prepared in some senses, but also it was kind of like a lot of side conversations, but it honestly felt like there was one point where you guys went around on like four different options before you finally settled on a solution. Right. But it felt like every single person in the room offered 
an opinion, an idea right. of how to fix it. And then you guys talked about each one, gave each person the same amount of respect. Um, you know, no one was dismissed um, based on their level or position, rank, whatever you want to call it. It right. was really, it's really cool to see. But again, I don't know if that's special to you guys. I would say it is kind of, uh, we are in a unique unit that way. And I think we have established this idea of always collaboration. So we try to value everybody's opinion, which is nice, but it leads to those chaotic meetings. Yeah. Because when everyone's on the same playing field, everyone wants to have a comment or they all have their own side <laughs> meetings and, and their own paper airplanes, I guess. But, but that goes back to the family atmosphere, I think. Well, People, I think it goes back to the type of work you guys do because your right. type of CIT is community involved and you guys do make that a point. Right. And it, like the meetings I've seen, I've seen meetings where consumers are present and like their points are, you know, just as equally respected and addressed. Right. And you guys kind of take that attitude that you have for your training and implement it as your culture too. It's no, I mean, refreshing. I think, yeah. I think it's, it's nice to hear that from an outsider. I always wonder because it, the, normally the outsiders we get are field officers or an officer right. from somewhere else where they're just like, this is completely different, but it's different in every section in law enforcement you go. So it is unique to hear that. And I'm glad that you feel that way. Because I think one thing is, you know, everyone has different opinions and different life experiences. And just because you don't have rank or you're not a manager position doesn't mean you don't have a valid point that can help something. So I do think it's good. And I hope that everyone in those meetings feel like they can say something. I don't know about that. Yeah. But we do have a large, uh, rather large unit, like with different experts now, which isn't the normal. Like Mm -hmm. we have PhDs that are experts in data. We have medical right. doctors that are expert in curriculum writing now. So, I mean, we have a very diverse group, which is kind of unique to see us all as coworkers, like on the same level. So you have people with rank in law enforcement, then you have medical doctors, and we're talking to each other like we're coworkers, yeah. which is a little different. Yeah, you guys are definitely a special group. I don't mean that in a weird. That's not bad. You guys are, why did you do air quotes when you said that? I didn't, that's She did false. air quotes. Fine. That's false. She did not. That did not happen. So I'm well. I'm glad. I'm glad that you. The culture is yeah. different. I always wonder what people think. Like coming in, like, well, I watched this movie, so I think cops <laughs> are like this. What is the movie that best represents law enforcement that you've seen so far? Um, Super Troopers. Super Troopers. Have you, have I do love Super that Troopers? movie. Yeah, I, I, I it's a great one. I think law enforcement. That's the closest to it. You guys do play some of the same jokes that they do. Yeah. <laughs> um. But that's, I wouldn't say that's like... I'm saying we're like super troopers. I don't know. That's a great question. Can I answer that next time? Sure. I don't know. Or whenever. Yeah. Not on podcast. I mean, you know. I think people are fighting out. So. I actually can't think of any cop movies. That's. You just don't watch cop movies. I was thinking of, what's the one where he's like, Utah, give me two. Point break. <laughs> point break. Oh, point break. <laughs> he's like, Utah, give me two. Are, you, are we like point break? Are you break? Like talking about the saying? hot dogs? <laughs> oh, my goodness. I love that movie. <laughs> is that like, is that what? Well, I like think that's what, how I want it to be, but it's not how it is. I always think of us as like repelling and fighting terrorism and buildings blowing up around us, but it doesn't happen. No, I. it's really, you know, and true, I'm like a civilian. I don't go out with you guys, so I don't even see what your day-to-day is really you're gonna have to go out with the home visit teams and see you really are what's the most intimidating thing working with cops intimidating thing uh i guess oh i don't know i don't want to be too honest (laughs) 
<laughs> well, like, um, <laughs> wow. <laughs> so something must be well, bad. No, intimidating. I guess it personally, it's intimidating. It's, I think everything I'm going to say is just being this like outsider civilian person. Like, I want to be well-liked. I don't want people to think that, like, um, I'm pushing any sort of agenda that, you know, as, like, yeah. I saw a problem. You know, I, I don't know. I I feel sometimes like I want to, you know, just try to fit in as much as possible. And it right. can be intimidating because it's, like, it's such a unique culture again. Like, that's right. all I can really say. You I just mean, hear all the crap talking from us, too, and you're like... Oh my God! Am I one of those people know, they talk crap about? It's like high school in yes, here. Yes, this is like high school. Law it's, enforcement is like high there's school. There's a lot of like drama. Drama, and I hope I don't have to be a part of it. But part of it, no. yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I guess when I agreed yeah. to the job. When you agreed to the job, that was part of that was the drama contract you signed. Yeah, I don't know. That's not in every culture. What? There's not drama, drama like this. No, or... drama's everywhere, yeah. for sure. It's just different because you're cops and you have guns. <laughs> like, it's like, ah. I guess I didn't think about that. I think everyone assumes. <laughs> <laughs> I like that it's, you have guns. <laughs> I think everyone assumes, you know, that that we're different because we're cops. Yeah. That we are, like, almost robots or we have to fit a certain yeah. image in a way. And I think it shocks people when they're like, you're like a real person. I'm like, yeah, we're real people. Yeah, you're just cool dudes and ladies. and Some of us. Yeah, not everyone. But everyone's really, honestly, great. I feel like I sound like everything's super positive. Yeah, I was not I expecting know, it's, that. I, I wasn't either, but... Yeah, so. you're really trying to sell this up. No, I, you know, I don't know. I was just surprised it wasn't somebody that like, oh, I came here and I... You know, this is what surprised me about law enforcement. Well, I think everything's so surprising. It's just so different. Um, I can't pick one, like, singular thing, like, oh, my God, this is the most surprising or this is the most intimidating. Um, You know, I don't know. What is, uh, what's your expectations of, with this project? What are you hoping to get out of it? To change the world. Thank you. That's what Matt says. I I had a feeling I was being set up there. No. (laughs) I, my goal for this is to change the world. Matt's going to be a world changer, so I think he's dragging me along here. Um, Jen asked, well, what do you think we're trying to do? I was like, well, you're here to help me change the world. That's <laughs> what I said, and I truly mean it. I think he is serious. Yeah, um, I really am. I think we have an opportunity goal. to it. It is a lofty goal. I totally support that goal, though, and I think that's why I wanted to be on the project, because I really... Not to, like, gush over it, but it's such a cool idea. You know, I'm not familiar. Not only am I an outsider to law enforcement, but I'm also unfamiliar with crisis intervention training. Um, And so I'm still learning that. But, you know, as an outsider, I had no idea that you guys even had crisis intervention training. I just assumed that you learned this in the academy, you know, that you just got all this information at some other point, you know. Um, But... One, crisis intervention training, the idea of it, really cool. But two, the model that you're using with this echo and the idea of connecting to so many people and reaching out and it's um, the access to resources and knowledge that you're providing and um, these skills that, like, I just, from what I can tell, I'm not sure people are getting other places. And, you know, it's just, it seems really unfortunate um, when so many officers are having um, interactions, contact with people with mental illness or who are in uh, mental health crisis 
and you know they don't know what to do it seems like or maybe they didn't get the training and you know you know I've had to ask myself well what what I would have done you know in a situation if I had you know been in one of these cases that one of the officers is presenting in our clinic and it's like oh my gosh like I can't your day-to-day job is just so hard and difficult and to like hear what some of the things that you know you guys are seeing and that's just the norm for you and and you don't have maybe again just even the resources to send people to or know what they are or like are able to like hey so I'm not really sure how this went like do you get to talk to people like that normally like it just seems like such a valuable resource and so I mean, I don't know how I couldn't gush over it. Like, I don't know how anyone no. who, you know, hears about this project does, they get excited about it. Right. I think, well, you to. know, I think this would be a good, I'm glad that we're doing a podcast on it so that people that are interested to it, that they could um, ask to be part of this. And so we meet weekly on Fridays from 930 to 11 Mountain Standard Time. If you guys are in public safety of some matter or you are part of a CIT program, but if you are in public safety, so law enforcement, corrections, probation, parole, uh, paramedics, fire department, things like that. You guys can send a request to Jennifer. What's your email? It is J-E-A-R-H-E-A-R-T at C-A-V-Q dot gov. Wow. That was quite slow and that was nice. Well, you know, I would it, should I repeat it? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So so you can send her an email with a request for that. Um, if you guys didn't get that, you can also always send it to me on the podcast, which is ask at gocit.org or info at gocit.org. You can also email me at the city as well as M-T-I-N-N-E-Y at cabq.gov and ask for it. That's an automatic on it. So this is a closed network. It's not available to the public because we do staff cases and we want to protect the rights of those individuals that we come in contact with to make sure that they're not feeling stigmatized and we want the best what's for our community. If you are a CIT program coordinator or a trainer and you are part of a CIT program, but you don't meet those other qualifications, we do staff it with the network to see if you guys qualify to come on or if you guys would be able to help us with this stuff. And we do welcome outside presenters, right? Yes, so the last Friday of the month is open to an outside presenter. Again, they only come to give a didactic, a presentation on whatever topic, and they're only there for that 15, 20 minutes. And so if you guys have an awesome program you want to share or you have a specialty in in a field that you think would benefit public safety with their interactions with behavioral health crisis, send us an email. We'll hook you guys up. We could do this off-site. It's a computer program called Zoom. It's kind of like Skype. We kind of zoom in. You can share PowerPoint. We give a talk and open it up to to, um, conversations on it. We have a member site, too, that we put all the didactics for. You guys work in graveyards that can't make those um, hours or work in the odd shifts. It sucks working shift work. But that way you guys have access to the didactics. It is a very cool project, and it's going to be awesome now that you're on board, Jen, because I think we're going to be able to do a lot of outreach for it. I know they're already asking us to travel in the state to to start Mm -hmm showing people this stuff and it is good and and we're going to be up in washington in two weeks in tacoma washington if you guys are listening and you're at cit regional come and stop by and say hi to me and Niels and ray because we'll be up there and you guys can uh, hear about the project and about our program here in albuquerque but we want as many people on there because the more knowledge and more people we can help in our communities for it is a it is definitely a cool idea one of the misconceptions and going back to what you're saying 
that I do see a lot is people think law enforcement and paramedics or fire personnel have this training already. Yeah, I, I think assume. it's everyone just thinks, well, you guys get this in basic training or you guys can shoot guns out of people's hands right. and things like this. And it is a big that is a big misconception I see everywhere. And I always thought, too, that paramedics or your fire personnel got it. Until I had talked to them, they're like, no, we get a few stuff on mental health, but we're emergency medicine. That's an emergency. We don't need to focus on that. And I think the traditionally in law enforcement, it's criminal stuff. So that's what you focus on is, is learning about criminal investigations, not necessarily about how to deal with mental health. Um, and so that's where the big change of it came. And a lot of places, including here, have added more mental health training in the academy. But it is definitely something I think that should be continuing ongoing. So if you have a program that doesn't have continuous training, this is a good way to get it for free. You keep that conversation going. You know, cops, we qualify each year on firearms. So you have to shoot. Some places do a shooting qualifications every six months, but you don't do it for de-escalation skills. And so you kind of have to keep that conversation going and continue that training. This is just another aspect of it. And it's case-based learning, which is new to law enforcement. Mm -hmm. And so we're trying to develop some best practices so that help with, you know, lawsuits and and raise the standards for law enforcement for the most part, which is nice. And I think the men and women in uniform, this is something that they, that they need. And I think they're passionate about helping everybody they come in contact with. So it's just a tool for them to help them. Do you have any other last thoughts or comments you want to say? I think I'm, I'm good. I'm all set. Yeah. Are you getting a little bit more comfortable with the I'm, podcast? I'm much more comfortable See? than when we started. Yeah. Yeah. And you didn't stutter. I'm you didn't say, still um, mad at you. times. <laughs> So thank you for coming on talking about the project. Thank you, Matt. Thanks yeah, for having me. Of course. I'd love to come again. Oh, here we go. <laughs> and thank you guys all for listening to this. And we'll try to include more podcasts along with the um, Knowledge Network stuff. So thank you guys for listening. Bye. Bye.